Hello and welcome my partners in crime, back to murder and lies for another true crime. This is the third in this sort of series linked to the first case of Penelope Jackson, Jackson the um, domestic abuse case, also to um, uh, Anthony Williams and the murder of Ruth Williams that you have, would have watched um, in the week. And so this is the final one in that and really all these three cases are about giving you an overview of what's really happening with domestic abuse um, around the UK at this time and also the different sentences that you may get and uh, you can take from it what you will whether that is because you're a man or a woman is a sentence is different is it about the facts of the case at the time is it about the way that their cases have been presented to uh, the jury and uh, by the um, defense teams is it about the prosecution's case you know all these sort of things we look at in this case today we're also going to look at the law of um, offenses against the persons act and it's about consent so there's a lot of different things that come in plus of course we're going to bring in the domestic uh, abuse act that was um, out in april of 2021 so there's a lots of different things involved in this case today now this case is um I think it's a shocking case really um again this man actually got less than what Anthony Williams did and we will go into that and I'd like to know whether you think this man that we're going to talk about talk about did actually get away with murder that's the real question here because uh, I think you'll find this case right from the outset um it's shocking on many levels so let's get into this so on the 7th of february 2021 this year sophie moss 33 was found unconscious at her home in darlington county durham and that was on the 7th of february and she died later in hospital from them or from this unconscious state that she was found in okay that's this it she's dead she was 33 mother of two single mother of two so she was found unconscious in her home on the 7th of february and later died in hospital now her injuries were caused by a man um <laughs> and his name was sam i think it's pibus not sure i put it up i've even asked jeff how do you pronounce his name so it's pious or pibus anyway Sam Pibus, I think he was 32 actually at the age of uh, this crime, this crime took place. Now this Sam, he was married, um, but he had been seeing Miss Moss uh, for around three years. So, you know, that sort of tells you something about his character. He told the police that he could not really remember what happened at this Teesside Crown Court when he was um, taken there to be charged for this. But anyway, this is what happened. This man had choked to death during sex. He had 24 bottles of lager within a 10 hour period before doing this. And he was jailed, I'll tell you straight off so you can gasp. Four years, eight months. That's what this man was jailed for. So let's get into the facts now really of this case. So this poor girl, this, um, Sophie Moss, 33. She was a mother of two. She also had a history of mental health and she was very vulnerable. She was a vulnerable girl. And this Sam had been seeing her 
for three years, but not constantly. There wasn't really a relationship here. I think in, that, in a six month period, he may have seen her a few times. He was literally only using her for sex. That was it. That was all he was using her for. She was very vulnerable. This man was married to a very nice lady who knew nothing about what was going on here. This man literally met Sophie Moss, used and abused her for sex, really. And that what he's saying is, in his own sort of way, is that Sophie liked to be strangled while they were having sex. So it's a sexual gratification thing, right? And so he was doing that after having 24 pints of or bottles of lager over a 10-hour period and he overstepped the mark a bit and she died. That's sort of what's going on here. So the 32-year-old, this Sam, he was previously pleaded guilty to manslaughter, not to murder, because remember murder, you have to show intent, don't you? Was there intent? It's difficult, isn't it? Not mind readers, we don't know. So you usually go on evidence, what's coming and stuff like that. You know, what the investigation shows, what they've said, what they've done, this, that and the other. He got um, charged with manslaughter or pled guilty to manslaughter by Judge Paul Watson QC. Said that he had accepted Sam's plea from Darlington as he did not intend to kill. And he had remorse and that remorse was genuine. Remember that part. His remorse was genuine. Now this poor Sophie, this 33 year old single mother, not only did she have mental health issues, she had physical issues as well, physical disabilities as well. She lived alone and had a history of alcohol misuse, um, the court was told. In a victim statement her brother James Moss stated, uh, we will never be able to shake off the belief of what has happened and the nature of their relationship. And don't forget the nature of their relationship is only what this Sam has said about this relationship between him and Sophie. This is what he has said about it. And the role um, that she was a victim and taken advantage of and exploited and was subject to an entirely avoidable and uh, tragedy that's going to, you know, that has ended here in this the girl's loss of life. There's a lot gone on here. So somehow we must come to terms, he said, as we will never know the full circumstances and absolutely not with a man like this, Sam Bybus. Uh, we will not. I'm telling you that now. We will not. And there are, I shall go into a little bit about him in a moment. So Mr. Moss described his sister as joyous, vibrant, funny, talented, fearless, unless she saw a spider. So poor Sophie didn't like spiders. So it's just trying to show you a little bit about her character though. He receives calls, uh, receiving a call from his mother um, and it said it was the worst possible thing that happened and he was crying inconsolably really for days over this. You know, this girl was a very light girl, very family girl, very nice girl and um, she was, her life was taken by this man. So Daniel Parkinson is the father of her boys and he um, and the boys were I think five and six years old, you know they're very young to lose their mother, said that they had been given a life sentence herself uh, and it was not fair and it will never be fair either. So this Sam was originally charged with the murder but the court heard um, a home office pathologist 
found that the amount of pressure applied to Mrs Moss's neck was towards the lower end of cases which result in death. Okay, but she's dead. So it may be in the lower end cases, but she is dead. And the reason she is dead is may not only be about the pressure there, but things that's going to come up in a little while. Okay, so there was no other signs of violence that um, was used and evident to fight, uh, you know, or there was a fight incurred or anything other than the strangulation. Um, the hearing was told, but I'm telling you, when you are being strangled, whether you want it or not, it hurts. You're suffering. You're suffering, aren't you? So, you know, if that's what he's used to take someone's life, you didn't need to beat her or anything else, did he? She had an alcohol issue. She had physical issues. She had mental health issues. He strangled her. You know, this bloody um, pathologist sometimes, I don't know. Anyway, um, so there was no signs of anything else. Now this Sam had been seeing Miss Moss for about six weeks or six times a year for three years only for sexual reasons. That was it. Without his wife's knowledge. Right, so let's talk about the character of this man before we go into any more details here. So we now have an adulterer, don't we, on our hands. We have someone that for three years and we don't know if he's seen anyone else, do we? But we knew he was seeing Sophie for at least six times a year. So we also know he's a liar. So he's deceitful, his character, and he's, he's showed it by what he's done and he's, you know, uh, where he's been doing this with Sophie, that he is full of deceit. He's untruthful. He's able to lie. He can manipulate, can't he, the situation. Because where's this man meant to have been? really and then we find out when he went to Sophie's this time it's even a little bit more worrying I think than that but I think his character shows just from the adulterousness that this man is untrustworthy now that's not saying that everyone who is in adultery you know is going out to murder no but you must think when you are seeing someone on the side you have to be deceptive don't you you can't be straight out I'm just going to see a girl from around the corner for an hour or the bloke around the corner for an hour I'm not I, you can't there's deceit isn't there planning deceit to do it because it wouldn't be an affair if everyone knew about it would it if your partner knew about it it wouldn't be an affair it'd be an open relationship different different so it shows his character but what shows his character more is what he does next it's on the 6th of February I think it was a Monday, uh, Sunday, Sunday night. He had drank 24 bottles of lager over a 10 hour period. All right, so I think it was strong and still lager, probably what, four, six percent, eight, I'm not really sure. But, you know, over a 10 hour period and he's drunk 24 bottles, greedy bubba, wasn't he? 24 bottles of lager. Uh, before he drove, before he drove to the flat, after his wife went to bed. Now, do you see the deceit coming out, don't you? You've drunk 24 bottles of beer over a 10 hour period, so you are definitely, aren't you, over the legal limit to drive. So there is any 
um, you know, regard for the law gone, isn't it? And you're going to get in a car and you're going to drive, you know, after drinking that amount all day long. That means you're putting other people's lives in danger and you don't give a shit because you're drink driving. That's what it shows about this man. But then, the other thing, his wife, his loving wife, that knew nothing about this man's behaviour behind her back, is it gone to bed and she's in bed, asleep. Oh God. So why this poor girl's in bed? It's full. Oh. I'll go and see Sophie. You know, one of the six times a year little visits or so he says, because, you know, Sophie Moss is not here to say it was more or less than that. So after he's drunk all that, the wife's gone to bed. So you can say it's quite late, can't you, at night? The wife's gone to bed. He thinks in his deceitful little way, drunk, you know, holds, has got no regard for anything, I'm going to go and see Sophie Moss, this young, vulnerable girl, he's got two young children, so he's going to turn up at her house drunk, because he wants sex, that's all it's about, he wants sex, now, I, this is a bit I don't get, because your wife, who you're married to, is upstairs she's upstairs you didn't have to get in a car drunk and drive to see Sophie you know the one that you saw once every few months did you he could have gone upstairs and had sex with his wife but no you see he didn't now at 4 43 a.m. in the morning the following morning he drove to Darlington Police Station and told the staff that he believed that he had strangled Sophie Moss. So there's not a lot of time between the wife going to bed, him driving from his home to Sophie's for sex, where he says he strangled her because of sexual gratification and she wanted it, she liked it, so he, you know, had to do it, and it went wrong. He's woke up in the morning in his boxer shorts. There she is, unconscious. So what do you think this man done, though? Before he drove at 4.43 to the police station and told them about everything that he had done. He sat in his car outside Sophie Moss's home for at least 15 minutes. This is what he's telling you. This deceitful, lying man is saying 15 minutes. Could have been an hour, couldn't it? Could have been two hours for all you know. But he's saying for 15 minutes, he sat there and thought about, hmm, what shall I do? He didn't call the emergency services to assist Sophie at all. He drove to the police station and he told them when he got there, now I don't know about you, when you go to a police station at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning, there ain't many people around. So you're sitting there waiting to be seen and now you're going to tell these officers, oh, I think I've strangled someone. Not that this person is unconscious and still alive. So this girl wasn't found until they went there. That's why she died in hospital. Not just from the strangulation.
right, which would probably would have damaged her the minute you take someone's air away from them that long, you know, oxygen away, there's going to be damage and stuff done. But this girl died uh, later on in hospital. But he, if you're telling me that you think, you know, you've had this drink, you've had this encounter with this woman who, who wanted this sort of sex, right, enjoyed it, and it was an accident, and then when you woke up in the morning in your box of shorts, you've looked around, you've seen this girl, haven't you, lying there unconscious. But you don't ring anybody. You go and sit in your car, think about what you're going to say to get yourself out of it, really, before you drive to the police station. And then she dies later in hospital. And you've got to think, why? I don't, you know, I don't know the who's done this case to tell the truth I don't know but how this man got that you know um diminished response but how he got it manslaughter I, I don't know I, do, I don't know and I think this is what's so shocking about this case there's so many issues within this case and to get four years and eight months for this clear you know there's so many loopholes in this and in his story in his character you know, I, I, I don't know how this has happened. I don't know what these judges and what these... I don't know. As I said, we wasn't privy, was we, on the jury. We didn't hear everything that was being said. But I think in just the facts alone on this case, you can tell what this man is a lot more than, you know, what is in face value with this man. There's a lot more to this case, I think, than meets the eye. Definitely. Because if you was worried, you would have rung straight away the emergency services, unless you didn't want her to live... Because what was she going to say? What was she going to say? Because really, we just don't know. Because this man really, truly could have got away with murder. Okay, the police, and they've said, haven't they? They found no evidence of a fight or anything else. So, you know, if you have such a vulnerable person like Sophie, and you have this man that's clearly there just to use her for his own sexual gratification and maybe that's what she wanted sexual gratification as well that's fine but if his intention was any different than that you know if his intention was to leave his property after having that amount of drinks when you, if you want to have sex you have a wife upstairs and you're saying you don't regularly see this woman Sophie you only visit her on occasion why would you take the risk of driving from your property to hers. Why? When you had a drink and you could be pulled over. And I'll tell you why it would have been more important to this Sam to not get caught for anything. Because not only did this man have this perfect little life, it was, it was assumed, and he had a little full-time job, he was also at college training to be a police officer. Oh yeah, another one training to be a police officer so why would you take that risk really knowing that if you had been stopped at any point driving that car at that time of night under the influence of alcohol or anything else that you would never have been able to pursue your career with being a police officer but you see even that didn't stop him did it you couldn't have wanted sex that bad because you had a wife upstairs who was a lovely looking woman, absolutely lovely woman, lovely woman. And when I say ex-wife now, because she's got rid of this piece of shit, really, because she had had enough, 
This woman knew nothing about the life that he was leading behind her back. She supported him. She supported him in his belief and want to be a police officer. I think, <laughs> you know, and I say this, there's not much difference, is there? Really, you know, on the scale of psychop psychopathy for police officers and psychopaths. Not really, not really. But here's another man that was training to be a police officer. He needed that control, that want. He was already into vulnerable women. You know, this case opens up, doesn't it? Areas that we don't usually think about, I suppose. But I think, you know, listen, I'm going to have to say that um, uh, her ex-husband, Sophie's ex-husband, has said that she did like to be strangled. Um, you know, all that part of in, in sex. She did, right? So we can believe him at that. We can believe him at that. But, you know, the thing is, it comes down to consent, doesn't it? Because when you are strangling someone, to that level. You you are relying on them consenting and you're relying on the other person in this heated moment to not continue because she may have got off on being strangled but he may have been getting off on being the person doing the strangling. Now we have a lot of people saying don't we about the law and these new laws that's come out as I've said in this case, I want to talk about consent. Now, right back from when we had, um, or when we still have actually, we have the statute, you know, Offences Against the Persons Act. And there was a case in 1993 actually called um, R versus Brown. And anyone that's studied law in this country would know that case as a case of consent, right? And it's a sadomasochistic case. I'll have to do it actually one day. It's a very interesting case. So this consent thing's been around for a long time. Now, in April of this year, when we've had the, um, the Domestic Abuse Act come out, there's a part in about in consent in that and also about this sexual gratification, you know, someone hurting someone for their sexual gratification. Listen, it all comes down to consent. You can't consent to serious harm. Now death is the ultimate, isn't it? Serious harm. That's it. You can't leave someone brain damaged. So if this woman had survived, survived, whether she wanted to be strangled in sex or not, still would have left this man liable for something, right? Because it's a criminal act. You cannot consent to being seriously harmed in any way because of this girl, and there was another case that, as with Brown, an earlier case, actually much earlier case of, uh, than Brown, uh, about a young girl that was um, mentally incapacitated. Um, and so she was seeing someone who would abuse her and stuff, hang her up, you know, whip her and stuff. And he said, but she consented. So listen, consent is a big thing. It's a big thing in relationships, isn't it? It really is. It's a really big thing. And in this law, in this new law of the domestic abuse law, it's in there too, so it's reinforced. We're reinforcing these laws that say to people like this Sam, that thinks that he can go and have sex with 
with people that's quite vulnerable and use them and abuse them and um, okay she may have liked to be strangled but the consequences for it going too far always are going to lie at the person doing the strangling aren't they because the person cannot give consent and this is what's going on with this law at the moment we've had old laws right and the Defence Against Persons Act, GBH and all this sort of stuff, where you cannot consent to serious harm. There's serious, serious consequences under these sort of categories of offences. Now, this new law has been brought in and we don't bloody seem to be using it, do we? For this man to have got four years and eight months, he was drunk, right? That's it. You're drunk. There's no defence. You're drunk. You can't use it and drunk. I've drunk 24 bottles of drink. I'm drunk over a 10 hour period. So how drunk was he? Really? Okay, he may have been over the limit to drive, but how drunk was he? He could have drunk 10 pints, 20 pints every day of the week. His tolerance to alcohol could have been a lot better than mine or yours. If I drank 24 bottles of lager, I don't think I'd be out of bed for a week. But people have got different tolerances to different things. And that comes into this case as well. Now listen, when we say and we have all these groups and these activist groups because they're here for a reason. They're here because they're pissed off with these sort of men like this, using these sort of excuses, but the woman wanted it. It's like she deserved to be murdered. She asked for it. That's sort of what he was saying in, in his defense. But she liked it. She liked it. So I strangled her. She wanted me to. But she didn't want his bloody killer. But either way, the law should have come forcefully down on this man when it comes to consent. They should have been forceful. They should have implemented these laws much more thoroughly than what they've done. They should have used them. Absolutely have used these laws to the fullest, really. Because we have a girl here that was already vulnerable, really. You know, mental health, physical disabilities, mental disabilities, abused by a man. And you'll see a photo of him. He usually is a leery little lad out drinking. The, picture you see of him crying that's when he's been arrested that was when he was arrested he doesn't usually walk around looking like that he's a cocky little sod really this one and i think his wife's even said you know and the judge said about him showing remorse he's true true remorse no he has not he's got more remorse for leaving these animals and his dogs and his wife has said that than he has for this girl listen this is one of the cases here where I think this man could have got away with murder, really. Now it's a little bit different because I'm trying to bring in these cases when we come down, you know, to the Penelope Jackson case and the Anthony Williams case, and it's to show you the laws and the differences on them, isn't it? But listen, Penelope Jackson got 18 years in prison for murder. Okay, we can say we know because she stabbed him three times. She said it, I'm compass, meant to some, meant to do it. But this man, he's only just said, oh, you know, it didn't mean to do it. She wanted it. No, she didn't want to die. There's a difference. She didn't want to die. She wanted to have sex, yeah. Or you may have assumed that's what she wanted. Other ones, people might say, maybe she enjoyed it that way. But she didn't want to die. She didn't consent to dying, to murdering her, to taking the life of a 33-year-old woman who had two young children to care for. She didn't consent to that. 
No woman, can, can, no one, no person on this earth under these laws can consent to that, to actually any serious harm under the law. So that alone should have got this man much more than four years, eight months he got, really. And I've said in the other cases, you know, that we've done, when you are done for manslaughter, they range right up to 18 years in prison. They hold the weight. Now listen, this man, you know, um, is going, I think they're taking it to appeal court because of his cases, uh, his sentence is so lenient. And they have to. There's so many much in this case that doesn't add up. It really doesn't. And the person that could have told us anything is dead. Is dead. So her brother will never get the truth from this man, ever. Her children will never know. And he's right. Her children have got the life sentence. Because this woman is always going to be known as the girl that was strangled having sex. But she wasn't, you know. She was the girl that was murdered at the hands of this Sam, um, you know, what's his name? Pi, Pius, Pius, Piba, I don't know, whatever his name is, I'll write it up. That's what happened to this girl, murdered. However you want to look at it, this man done nothing to save this girl, absolutely nothing, no first aid at all, left that property, left her dying in her bed after using and abusing her, left her, went and sat in his car, as he says, for 15 minutes. We don't know how long really, do we? He left her. Before he drew up, drives to the police station and tells the police, I didn't mean to do it. I think I've strangled someone. You see, because I had 24 pints of beer yesterday, 24 pints of beer that night, over a 10 hour period, and I can't remember doing it. I woke up in my boxer shorts and there she is. Now in this meantime, as I've said, from leaving this girl, doing nothing to help this girl, not ringing any emergency services at all, you've drove to the police station, you've sat there, you've waited, and then you've told them about this poor girl, who then later on dies in hospital from the injuries that you have inflicted on her. What a disgrace. Now, listen, sometimes I've said it before, you know, I'm embarrassed about our laws. Do you know why I'm embarrassed? Because there's many, many laws here, and only a couple of them I've named, that could have got this man a lot longer. All right, you cannot prove murder because of the intent part. But for this sort of a crime, this was a man that was training to be a police officer. He would have known or have understood the law. He would have. He would have. What was he doing while he was sitting there in this car? Reading up what he should say, what he should do, letting her die so she can't say. Because who are we to know? We don't. Because the only word we've got of what happened on that night is this man. That's it. A man of an adulterer, a man that will drink and drive and risk the lives of others. He's got absolutely 
no respect for the law at all. And yet he would be the one, wouldn't he? That if this didn't happen, that would have been one of the police officers, probably on our streets, very shortly, protecting the public. Really. Now, we've had a lot of people, haven't we, like that? And recently, Wayne Cousins was quite like that, wasn't he? A predator of women, of vulnerable young women. So, listen, his wife, and I actually feel sorry for his wife, I really do. His wife knew nothing of this, and she's now divorced him, she doesn't want him, and she has said that he had a normal life, a happy life, he had everything he wanted, everything. She was supporting him going through college to become a police officer. She knew nothing. This woman sat there on that next day, to CID, questioning her and told her that her husband had been charged with murder. That's what she was faced with, that he had left her home that night when she had gone to bed to sleep with another woman and he had murdered her. That was what her Monday morning started like and her life has been never the same since. Now she has said that Sophie's voice was taken but she will continue to speak out for the rights of women and the rights to protect women from men like this. So good for her, good for her. So listen, this has been a case of domestic abuse, so they say, because he was sleeping with her at least six times a year. So it's domestic homicide, isn't it? And now it's gone to manslaughter because he had a good story, didn't he? And as I always say, it's how the prosecution do their case. It's how the defence show their, you know, witnesses show their case to the jury to how to manipulate a jury into thinking that, you know, this is it. Now listen, jury trials are, <laughs> I, I, I say to my students, you know, sometimes with, um, about jury trials, there's a lot of work goes into juries, all right? You wanna make sure that your clients are presented well. You want them jury to see them as you want that jury see them. You want them to hear all the evidence but you want them to hear it in the way that, you know, even though it's the truth, it's the way it's said, isn't it, or done. Now this Sam was very good, wasn't he? Because right from the off he never admitted murder. Remember he said, I woke up, I didn't remember even doing it. I don't know really what happened. I think I've strangled her. So right from the off this man defence was always going to be manslaughter, always. And so that then is what the jury believed. Now this man, I think this week actually, is in the appeals court um, because everyone is sick and tired of these people getting low sentences. And that doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man, okay? But it just seems a little bit ironic that we've had one case of a woman that got 18 years, really, and we've had two men that's got five years and under for the murder of women. So I think we need to be careful in this country about these laws. 
that if we're going to use these laws, defences and stuff, that we want to make sure that the judge, the judges, hand out sentences what are fit for purpose, really. Because, you know, both these cases that I've just done, you know, Anthony Williams and this Sam um, Pius, whatever his name is, Pius and whatever his name is. Starting point for a manslaughter sentence is between one and seven years, rising to life imprisonment to the maximum, usually around 18 years. Uh, now, <laughs> I think Philpot, McPhilpot, he got 18 years manslaughter. Remember, because they couldn't, he didn't, he got away with murder because they couldn't prove the intent to, to murder was there. But he got 18 years for manslaughter. So you can get a long time for this. Now also let's not forget about this man because all prisoners, as I've said before, in England and Wales are released at a halfway point, aren't they, of their sentence. So if you've got four years, eight months, you can half that. Then any time served will then be taken off that half and you're out. You're out. You know, it's, uh, it's a minister, this uh, Minister for Justice, Harriet Harman, wrote to the Attorney General and to review this. And a lot of people wrote about this unduly, you know, it was um, unduly lenient sentences of this man, especially this man. Very lenient this was. When you had the scope of the sentencing that this man could have got under manslaughter, it is too lenient. It is noticeably lenient and also I don't understand by the facts of this case and stuff what the bloody prosecutor was doing to tell you the truth. You know, what was he doing to... This case should have been easy to put doubt in that jury's mind, easy. But they didn't do it. They didn't do it. So listen, he is in, uh, I think it's come up for Court of Appeal now, I'll let you know um, whether they're going to increase this sentence of his or not. Thank, listen, I hopefully, hopefully someone with bloody sense will increase this sentence to this man because I know there's been a lot of public opinion about this case, there's been a lot of government opinion about this case, about this, you know, it's too lenient a sentence for this sort of a crime. And the other thing is, is what are we tr telling these people then that just because you're saying it's sexual gratification that you can murder them and get away with it. That's not what we should be telling people. That's really not. Really not. And I think this is a real case that really needs to be looked at. And when you look at it then, overall, when all the three cases that we've done, Who's the worst case you can see here? Is this one, really? And he got the less sentence. So we have, don't we, Penelope Jackson, 18 years for murder. Okay, I've said it before, right? Her murder charge was very difficult to fight off for anyone, but there was ways, we'll just see if an appeal it comes out, but really very difficult to have got this woman off really, with, with, with the evidence that was put up to that jury against her. With this Anthony Williams, again, she, he had the backing of the daughter. He didn't slag off his wife. 
he admitted it, he showed remorse, this, that and the other. He got five years. In my opinion, too low. But this one, this one is a real issue. It's a real issue because this does bloody make a mockery of our laws. What's the point of bringing in new laws for domestic abuse and stuff if you are not going to enforce them to the full power and strength of the law? Waste of time to write a statute and not use it. So listen, these are, this has been the case of this terrible killing, murder, strangulation of Sophie. Just terrible, isn't it, really? So you know what to do. You can subscribe at any point for us, any of the videos that you see. You can catch this up on Let's Have a Chat About Murder because it'll be on there. You can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram and I'm going to get back on Instagram a little bit more. Thank you to all my partners in crime, my members lounge. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all the old members and new members, for all the old subscribers and new subscribers. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. So until the next time, bye-bye.